I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Jared Keene earned his Ph.D. in creative writing at Florida State University. Dr. Keene is an assistant professor in the Department of English at the University of Nevada in Las Vegas, where he teaches American literature and graphic novel. He has written numerous other books and guides on various topics, including a travel guide, a rock band biography and edited short fiction anthologies, including Las Vegas Noir and Dead Neon, the tales of near future Las Vegas. Jarrett, welcome to the program. Thank you. So wonderful to be here. How did you get involved in creative writing? Well, um, I just found myself drawn to the enterprise of creating inventive, imaginative stories. I grew up you know, in the 70s and 80s, there wasn't a lot of stimulation. There wasn't uh, a lot to go on except for, you know, TV, comics. And I just, uh, I don't know, I just I just took to it. And I found a way to get a degree in writing my dreams down on paper and putting it in a, a Word document and sharing it with uh, others, with classmates initially, with my professors. But then I discovered that, uh, you know, there was such a thing as the campus newspaper. I could write, you know, album reviews. I could write uh, film reviews. I could do all kinds of things to make money with my writing. And so that put me on a, uh, what can I say, just a creative path. And uh, I'm very grateful for it. There is a phrase in writing called dystopian. Dystopian. What does that mean? It means, uh, well, according to my definition, it's, you know, entropy, watching things fall apart and uh, having fun with it. You know, entropy can be fun if... uh, if you let it, uh, you know, guide your imagination. And I just find myself uh, really drawn to these kinds of stories where uh, civilization uh, is either, you know, destroyed or hanging by a thread, and you watch characters kind of deal and struggle through these uh, imaginative scenarios. I love uh, books like, for example, uh, Stephen King's The Stand. I like watching uh, the world collapse, and then I love witnessing the characters struggle to piece it back together. Tell us about your latest book, Hammer of the Dogs. 
Oh my goodness, it's uh, an incredible story of teenagers in a ruined Las Vegas uh, killing each other with drones by remote control. Um, the valley is carved up by two warlords. One is uh, housed in the basement of the Luxor, you know, the, the Black Pyramid there on the strip with the uh, sky beam, that, um, that light that shoots up into the, uh, really the, right. you know, the, the uh, atmosphere. And then the other warlord has control of City Center, uh, which is a, a posh resort. And so they're battling each other, and Lash finds herself um, engaged in a, uh, you know, a conflict she doesn't quite understand until she does. And then she finds a reason to uh, put both of them uh, in their place, so to speak. How realistic is it? What do you think? Well, um, all of the uh, technology, all of the weapons that uh, are depicted in the novel are taken from, well, real life. For um, many years, I worked as a corporate communicator in the uh, for the biggest resort company uh, in the world, uh, MGM Resorts, and I used my employee badge to, you know, uh, bust into these uh, drone tech conventions at places like, you know, Mandalay Bay. Uh, Caesar's Palace, and I was just awestruck and deeply um, disturbed by the technology that was available even just 10 years ago. It's uh, unbelievable. All the technology in the book is taken from the catalogs and brochures that I um, um, took from the drone tech conventions, everything from the ornithopters or the bird UAVs to the insect drones to the snake bots to the sentient pistols. It's just uh, amazing to see all these weapons developed. And what was particularly interesting is the way there is this, I don't know how else to descri describe it, except it's like a um, a vast and orchestrated effort involving the tech sector, the military-industrial complex, mm -hmm. higher education, foreign governments. They're all building up the drone industry. Surveillance and control are really what these drones offer, the ability to... I don't know, erase someone instantly with the push of a button. It's just too intoxicating to ignore. And the technology is going to get better and better and better, Jared, isn't it? Oh, yes. And then with the advent of AI, the algorithms d determining who lives or dies, it's uh, it's just too <laughs> almost too much to contemplate. But that's what Lash, the hero of Hammer of the Dogs, is up against. And that's why she makes the decision to embrace this, these weapons, find a way to use them to, to fight back. Even though it's a novel, even though it's a novel, how realistic do you think it might be? Well, you can see now, I'm sure you've read the stories of the uh, drug cartels in Mexico using um, uh, drones that they purchased off Amazon and, you know, improvising explosive devices, and they're just basically bombing each other uh, right now. Um, this is something that, unfortunately, I can see uh, young people taking to it at some point, you know, finding a way to um, amplify the horror and the nightmare of the of remote control killing. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's happening. Are you scared about this kind of technology? I mean, would would you hope through your book, Hammer of the Gods, even though it's a novel, to convince people? Because what can we do about it? Well, uh, Lash offers an example, which is to not uh, run from it, not be afraid of it, but to you know take it on, to master it, to embrace it, to 
use it in a way that uh, you know ultimately can defend us. Because if we try to uh, take it out of our hands and allow the government to have uh, sole control over this technology, it's, I don't imagine it will end well. But I know there are, in fact, young people like Lash, the hero of my novel, the warrior hero, who will rise up and, um, you know, like in uh, the movie Terminator, they're going to uh, they're they're going to resist, and uh, I can I can easily see that happening. So that inspires me. That keeps me uh, sane. Absolutely. Now, did you have any inside information with the technology? How did you come up with these ideas? All of it, as I said, is, is pulled from these uh, catalogs and brochures. But, however, I will say this. I've had many drone pilots in my classes here at UNLV. Um, I've, I've taught them works like uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey. I've taught them Shakespeare. And so they've told me a lot about what they deal with uh, day in and out at places like Creech Air Force Base, where the drone war is waged on a daily, hourly basis uh, here in, uh, just outside of Las Vegas. You know, these drones that you see, like you just mentioned on Amazon, they look like toys, but they're really pretty sophisticated, aren't they? Yes, and every year they become more sophisticated, and every day uh, they find new ways, people find new ways to use them in lethal fashion. I mean, what's what's amazing, if you really think about it, is that, you know, the, the Wright brothers didn't really invent air travel. I mean, they invented death from above. Uh, it's really the most devastating military tactic of um the 20th century you know it's how world war ii began and ended you know well, from harbor to, to hiroshima and for the military it's safer to send a drone instead of a pilot isn't it absolutely and probably uh you know it's it's probably a even more fail safe it's it's a it's you know more accurate there's no emotional uh concerns you, you know that the the program, the algorithm, the um, you know, the computer will get it done. I don't want to give away too much of your book, but uh, it's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> it scared me writing this book. The only thing, like I said, that kept me grounded was the knowledge that I had a terrific uh, a warrior hero, Lash, who um, you know it doesn't back down from a fight, uh, even though even if she believes she's going to. Uh, be snuffed in a you know a, a conflict. She 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 braves she she moves bravely forward. She she takes on the bad guys and uh, and spills their blood in a way that uh, you know fans of Edgar Rice Burroughs and Robert E. Howard's Conan the Barbarian. I mean, it, it, Lash is a pulp hero in the, in the old school style. Flash Gordon, Zorro, Buck Rogers. I wanted to create a character that you know faced impossible odds yet finds a way to. Uh, you know, f finds a way to be victorious. Does she have superpowers? No, but uh, she does. In the end, in the end, Lash is revealed to have a uh, a certain trick that uh, uh, a certain surgeon uh, installed in her uh, brain. Um, it's not. Uh, I'm not going to reveal what it is, but it's something that uh, helps turn the tide of battle uh, in the uh, penultimate chapter. If you uh, have this turned into a movie, who would you want to play the part of Lash? <laughs> I don't know. There's so many great uh, actors. Um, the one thing that really stands out about Lash is her physicality. So whoever the actor would be, um, whether it's um, the actor that's uh, 
stars in Wednesday Adams, for example, that actor would have to uh, do some push-ups and pull-ups and uh, basically, uh, you know, get fit enough to be able to conduct a serious, uh, you know, drone war in ruined Las Vegas. Get him from the Wrestling Federation or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Someone with serious upper body strength, let's just say. <laughs> Absolutely. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, have you ever played with a drone? Yes, I have. And um, the sound of a, uh, 
a quadcopter, you know, something you buy off of uh, the Amazon website. It's very unnerving. Uh, the way the, the the noise of it is, uh, I don't know, it's just upsetting. It it it, uh, it bothers me. But I have toyed around with them and and had fun with them. And of course, I have two teenage sons who uh, are uh, they love having little uh, drone battles in the in the backyard next to the pool. And so I've I've enjoyed uh, fooling around with them. However, um, I can't I can't get too uh, I don't want to go down that uh, I, I don't want it to become a serious hobby because otherwise uh, uh, I, I feel like I will be uh, compromising um, not just the uh, my love of the hero lash, but also you know I do think that books like Hammer of the Dogs serve as a warning, you know, be careful with this technology. It's, it's a Pandora's box that once it's opened, you can't really close it. Can it ever get to the point where the drones fly out of uh, control of the radio control that you're holding that just goes too far and then you just lose it? Oh, certainly. But, you know, what's uh, scary with uh, things like, um, I almost said uh, Skynet, but, you know, there are satellites now that allow a drone to basically... Um, you know, you can be controlled, wielded from, you know, anywhere on earth and reaching any destination. And that to me is, uh, you know, the kind of a, a nightmare. The, the Starlink uh, stuff is really uh, frightening to examine. And I assume the military is using these extensively, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And uh, they're using them in ways that we're not even aware of. Um, you, you find out when you read um, stories uh, just on, you know, mainstream news stories, you find that drones are always uh, sur- surveying, always taking in information uh, whenever there's a, you know, a major event somewhere in the world. There's always like drone footage. It's scary to contemplate because it means you're being watched uh, wherever you are, you know, at any time of day or night. Very unsettling. But of course, that's sort of the fun of a, an adventure story like uh Hammer of the Dogs. I wanted to, I wanted the reader to be frightened, but also uh, taken on a thrill ride. You know, a roller coaster ride where you know that there's some bad technology afoot, but there's a hero there that's going to put it right. What is she? Oh, she's overlooking Las Vegas as well on the cover, isn't she? Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, the cover is, of course, um, done in that uh, Frank Frazetta style, that pulp fantasy um, yeah. mode. And I wanted to kind of, I wanted the book to be a throwback in many ways to the adventure fantasy uh, stories that, you know, I enjoyed growing up in the 80s with movies like Empire Strikes Back, Conan the Barbarian, uh, Tron, um, all those great films that, um, you know, have stood the test of time and that people still love and adore today. You've got a uh, human versus robot competition at called the Magnus Bout. Tell us about that. <laughs> That's a nod to an old comic book I used to enjoy reading called Magnus Robot Fighter. And so the Magnus Bouts, you know, you always have to have a kind of gladiator uh, sequence in any great uh, adventure film. We've seen it in uh, everything from um, John Carter to, well, the movie Gladiator, Spartacus, etc. So I just wanted to, you know, give a nod there to some of the great pulp adventures uh, that came before Hammer of the Dogs. And so it needed a gladiator scene. And of course, when you have um, technology wielded by kids, uh, I think it's inevitable that uh, young people will find themselves at odds, you know, physically confronting robots and fighting them in a, you know, um, basically a, a death match. What do you think of the possibility of that where 
artificial intelligence becomes so amazing, they literally take over things. Yes, well, uh, you know, growing up in the 80s, there was a a movie called Terminator that made a huge impression on me and a huge, uh, you know, major impression on people of my generation. And so I don't know, I I see us becoming more um, at odds with uh, growing technology here uh, at UNLV, of course, for dealing, as most universities are, with uh, the uh, chat GPT phenomenon, you know, computers writing our students' papers for them. Um, it's uh, It can be a real problem. And uh, there's also things like cyber hacking. Um, uh, every university suffers these, uh, suffers this misfortune. And I think that, you know, it's going to become an increasing problem. If you've uh, seen the recent headlines, uh, you know that MGM Resorts, Caesars Palace have been uh, uh, hacked. And, um, yep, they actually, right. yeah, the Caesars Palace actually paid the hackers, you know, the ransom uh, in the millions of tens of millions of dollars to, uh, to uh, cease and desist the, the cyber attack. So I don't know. I see it becoming uh, increasingly problematic. AI will eventually, you know, be hacking on its own. And it's just, uh, it seems like a problem that's uh, set to spiral. I was kind of foolish to pay the hackers. They'll just do it again. Yeah, I don't understand how that works. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm told by from the local papers here that it's uh, a group of uh, U.S. and British uh, hackers, but, you know, I'm not sure how they know that. Um, to me, it's something that uh, can be anonymous, and you have no idea where the attack is coming from. So I find that very uh, that, that detail very interesting. What, what has been the reaction of your book from your students? Well, I, in many ways, I wrote it for them. I wanted to... Uh, show them how to write a book uh, during the course of a 15-week semester. Every week I'd bring in a, a new chapter, you know, 2,000 to 3,000 words, and and show them that the, you know, the discipline and the uh, momentum that you need in order to uh, complete a novel. And um, I wrote it for them and in their honor. And what was really interesting is I inspired uh, many of my students to embark on their own novel writing um, adventure. And so I've had at least uh, four or five students uh, at the time that I was working on Hammer of the Dogs who completed their own books and are, you know, have published, self-published uh, some of them and others are circulating the, their manuscripts now in, uh, in New York and in the, in the literary world trying to get a, a contract. So I find that to be very satisfying. It's, it's nice to be around young people because they're inspiring and they want to read uh, fun, dystopian uh, adventures, and I, I admire that. How realistic do you think your book is with what's ha- what is happening in real life today? Well, uh, young people are, in fact, uh, killing each other remotely in places like uh, Ukraine, and I find that to be uh, very sad. And, um, you know, I can easily see that spreading across uh, the world. And so that's sort of the uh, the bittersweet, the, the tragic aspect of it. What's bittersweet is that I know that, you know, young people will find a way to rebel, to resist, and, um, you know, escape this nightmare. They just have to, like I say, embrace the technology and not run from it. Because if you run from it, you'll just be on the run forever. I, I, I take uh, 
the lesson of Terminator, the movie, very seriously. You know, you have to uh, rise up against the machines at some point. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.